This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Well, today we have a special guest, Brent Fagan. Brent, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing real well. Doing well, thank you. Well, cool. Well, we appreciate you being on the Collector Car Podcast today. And speaking of collector cars, before we get to your cars you currently have in your collection, I'd like to talk about a couple of ones you previously had in your collection, which are rather historic. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your uh, historic Porsches you've owned in the past, maybe starting with the RS? Shortly after graduating from uh, VATEC with my master's degree, we moved back to Colorado, and I've always wanted a Speedster. One day, uh, driving down College Avenue, I noticed a little white Speedster in the Ed Carroll parking lot, and... uh, I pulled over to take a look at it, and it had grown, it gathered some attention. Uh, some of the local guys around were were kicking tires, and it was a it was a real mess of car. You cannot imagine how much of a mess this car was. It was it leaked from every orifice, and uh, it had obviously not been taken care of. And uh, it looked like there was uh, some damage to the uh, pillar where the, the driver's door pillar, um, but not real bad. But it, you know, these were these were early times for Porsche, and so just having a a driver was a wonderful thing. Right. Uh, right. I looked at it a couple of times. Get in a call to uh, my wife, and every chance mm-hmm. I got, I I talked to her about it. And you know, oh my gosh, you know, you know, I've always talked about a speedster and da 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 da. So I stayed down in Houston, I think it was about three weeks, and flew back to Fort Collins and drove back up to the fort from Denver and and uh, walked in our door and met my wife and my children. And and she said, well, you know, maybe you better go out and look in the garage. So uh, I opened the door to the garage, and oh, my gosh, there it was. Oh, my goodness. Wow. She bought that car for me while I was away. Well, that was turned out to be a very special speedster, right? Well, absolutely it did, but but finding out that it was special took a while. I, I got it then, drove it around a little bit, and thought, you know, this this is a project. So I, that winter, um, I pulled it all apart, and I realized that, oh, my gosh, you know, the thrust washers on the rear axle were put on backwards and doing a lot of electrical work to it to get things hooked up correctly. And while I was doing this work, I came across some things that were really puzzling. Like for when I first time I pulled off the rear wheels, I looked straight ahead and I saw there's removable panels here in the back. Pull these pull three screws off each side and and there was a panel and you're looking at the side of the engine. You're looking at the carburetors and you're looking at, oh my gosh, I wonder why someone or the factory or whoever it was did that. Then I noticed um, also while working on it, while doing some of the electrical stuff, that uh, in the front there was a removable panel on the passenger side in, in back of the spare tire area. And I looked at that and I went, now what in the world? And then I noticed something had been mounted behind it. No idea what it was at the time. And then it, it also had a few oddities in the engine compartment where there were obviously things mounted and things run through the side the driver's side and but but none of it was really that shocking because again i really didn't know that much about porsches right right. so i bought uh, a couple books 
started pouring through them, checking with all the people around that I knew. What's this? What's this? What's this? One evening, I was in Denver swapping some parts. I looked in a guy's uh, uh, luggage compartment. I looked down at his chassis number and the designation plate that's right next to the gas tank. And I saw his said 356 slash, I think it was 1600 S. And I said to him, you know, mine says... 356 slash 1500 RS. I said, I find GSs and GTs and Ss in all the literature. I've never seen any reference to an RS. Yeah, was that your first point, thinking maybe you do have something special here? Well, no, I thought maybe, but, you know, who knows? So on my way home, uh, I was chatting with my friend that made the trip with me, and I said, you know, I think I'm going to write Porsche cars Reno and see what they've got to say about this. So I went over to the local uh, Porsche dealer where I bought the car or where my wife bought the car for me right? and, and got the address to, to, uh, to correspond. And so I wrote a letter in essence and said, look, I got this car. It's uh, 80820-356-1500 RS. I can't find RS in the literature anywhere. Can you tell me what I've got? I sent it off. About two, three weeks later, their response was, we don't have a clue. Oh, no. <laughs> but we did send, we sent your letter off to Germany, though. Maybe they'll know what it is. I right. thought, well, you know, that's, that's reasonable. Well, about three months later, I uh, went home for lunch and opened the mail, or opened the mailbox, and there's airmail from Germany. I opened the letter, and it was a letter from the Porsche factory from Ulf Lang, who was the historian at the time and in essence he said oh my gosh kid you've got it i still have that letter by the way and did he tell you what you got <laughs> yeah he did in essence and and i haven't read the letter in quite a while but um we produced three of these and we only sold one and i later found out it, that one was sold to mine was sold to avery brundage hmm out of brumos who founded uh, brumos and he took it down to Nassau for speed weeks. This was a car built in the race factory, hence RS. Nice. It wasn't built in production like the other GSGT speedsters were. This was built with the 550 Spiders. And in fact, the engine's two numbers off. James Dean's oh, little wow. bastard. It could have been in the race factory same time as his car, which would, I don't know, with that and a dollar you can buy the Starbucks, I guess. <laughs> now, was this the first and only RS, official RS career speedster? They built three. Okay. Mine was the only one they sold. It came with a Spider spec engine, not a GS or GT, which was a different series. They were 547-1s. This wasn't. This was a early Spider spec engine, 1500 RS engine. I drove it around for about a year, and it ran like a scalded dog. I got the <laughs> I got the carburetors set up for high altitude. It was geared so well you wouldn't believe it. I mean, it was really geared. It, it's great car. I love it. But if I drive it around, it you know it's in harm's way. Right. Uh, I decided that eh, maybe, maybe I better look into you know what the, what the network is. In networking, I found a guy in Florida that just had to have it. He made me an offer I couldn't refuse, and I sold it. But I sold it to him with the, with the clause that you got to find me another speedster. I won't I won't be without one now. Right. Yeah. 
So we did. He found me another speedster that was appropriately priced. I bought that, and I, I delivered the car to Florida. I picked up my new speedster, brought it back home, and started driving it. All of a sudden, a, a dealer in Denver found out about it and had to have it. Hmm. So okay. I thought, well, I'm not be, I'm not going to be without one. I, I saw an ad in Pano for one up in Vancouver, BC, and I uh, contacted them. We struck a deal, and that was uh, eight four one one four. That was the Seinfeld car. Okay. So all right. <laughs> so we restored that to beyond. Now, what was so special about this third speedster that Seinfeld ended up buying? It was a really nice car, and uh, you know, and I flew up to uh, Vancouver a couple times, looked it over real well, and we went back with original color, original parts top, original this, original that. It had original wheels, but da 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 And it just turned out to be a stunning restoration. And I, I, I really wanted a Concours car. At least I thought I did until I owned one. Right. <laughs> I just thought, you know what? This Speedster is great, but I can't have any fun with it. I clean it and drive it two miles and then clean it right. for a week. <laughs> right. So uh, I put an ad out and all of a sudden I start getting calls from this guy in, in California. Okay. You know, I thought he was a, a representative of Jay Leno or somebody like that. Right. At that point in time, Seinfeld was getting going, but he wasn't the household name that he is now. Right. Everyone knows Seinfeld now. Not everyone knew Seinfeld then. He had exploded onto the scene and he was strong and doing real well. We knew him. We knew of him, and uh, once it came out that he was the one that was that was interested in the car, you know, he wanted to come look at it himself. He was flying through, uh, doing a uh, a performance somewhere around, and so he he came in, looked at the car, and he didn't want to drive it. I want I really wanted him to drive it. He didn't want to. I thought, okay, well, what the heck? I'll take you out for a ride. Then I took him out <laughs> for a ride. Uh, we exchanged money. I thought it was kind of funny. Went to the bank. We went to the bank together, and you know, I'm depositing the money, and the and the uh, lady at the bank said, "Oh my gosh, I recognize you. Holy mackerel, Leonard." <laughs> <laughs> so was Jerry nice and cordial? He oh my gosh, yes. Yes, he he uh, just the the salt of the earth. I mean, a, a really really nice guy. He really was. He chatted with the kids, chatted with my wife and, and and it was just a very pleasant transaction. And that was that. Now, where are these two cars today? Do you know both of them? Well, I know where one is. I'm not sure about the other. I get a call from my daughter when she says, "Dad, you remember the white speedster?" And I've had more than one white speedster, but there is only one white speedster. And I said, well, of course I do. She said, well, Porsche just opened the new museum in Stuttgart. Get online and look. It's the feature car. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. So I did. And sure enough, there it is. At that time, it was owned by a member of the Porsche family. And I would tell you his name, but I'm pretty sure I'll get it wrong. But it was owned, owned by a member of the Porsche family. And it was... Uh, displayed by the Porsche Museum. So you've lost track of the Seinfeld car, is that correct? Um, that's right. I do not know where the Seinfeld car is. What's the next car on your list? Well, other than the six Speedsters, I've owned a 54, 55, which was 80820. I've owned two 56s, a 57, and a 58. So I loved all of those. I'm really kind of into early 911s and 912s right now. I've got chassis 350407, uh, early 912. That's a Porsche chassis versus uh, manufactured off-site. 
Um, then I'm 66 coming in today is a European delivery, or coming in tomorrow, is a European delivery, uh, 912 with European heaters and all the rest of that. Uh, then I also have uh, 65, 911, 3, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think 300839. And then I also have uh, 300594, 65, 911. Um, I have a 68. 911L soft window Targa Sportomatic that had every option you could put on it. Um, and, you know, in in '68, a Becker Mexico was a $990 option. I mean, the cars were only like $3,600, and you put a $1,000 radio in it. Right. Anyway, right. <laughs> anyway, so that soft window Targa, that's a really cool car. I've got my show car, my show driver, because I believe me, I'm never going to do a Concorde car again. Um, is a 1979 11T Irish Green, and it's a beautiful, beautiful car. Uh, my favorite driver is uh, I've got a 73914 2.0 original everything with the fuel injection. It's Sam Beasy Green, and I can tell you I bought four of them at one time. I took my wife out for a ride in all of them. They came on a flatbed truck, and when we when we took this one out, she said, "Oh my gosh." This is just like the white speedster. We're keeping this one. You can't sell this car. Right. So, so that one, yeah, I sold the other ones, uh, and then I have this one. Let's see. I've also got a 75 914 uh, that's blue. I've got, let's see, a, seven, a 74 uh, U.S. Carrera, original everything, a 75 U.S. Carrera. Uh, did, I, does, did I get to 10 there? <laughs> I would say you're at 10, 11, or 12. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's what I have right now. Well, I definitely need to come by and uh, see this awesome collection one day. It just sounds amazing. That's really oh, cool. Oh, yeah, please do. Please do. Well, there's one little game I like to play at the end that's called Keep Cash and Crush. So what I do is I pick three cars for you, and you have to tell me which one you want to keep, which one you want to cash in, and which one you want to crush. So are you ready to play this game? Okay, let's, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed away from the 356s because I knew that was a really, that might have been hard to figure it out. So I, I picked three cars for you. They're all Porsches. One of them is a semi-new 918. One of them is a 1974 RSR. And then the third one is the very first 901 Porsche. Which one would you keep forever? Which one would you cash in? And which one would you crush? It's meant to be difficult. <laughs> uh, it really isn't difficult for me. Anyway. Oh, it's not. Okay, no, cool. No, I'm, I'm also the local, I'm the, I'm the Porsche historian for uh, Ohio Valley region. And awesome. so I have a great time um, every meeting. I, I present some, histor- some topic about the history of Porsche. So, which one would I keep forever? Yes. Oh my gosh, that one's hard. The Crusher. Uh, I hate to say it's it's the the nine eighteen. I knew it was going to be the nine eighteen because there's I mean, not one new um, car in your collection. <laughs> you know what? They're they're really great cars now. If you, unless you're going to tell me it's a nine eighteen from uh, what is it fifty eight, fifty eight, fifty nine? No, it'd be later than that. Anyway, anyway, from that era. So I uh, know it's not. So now right. I'm d- now I'm down to what a seventy three RS and a the first nine oh one. Yes. Um I think I would I think I'd keep the nine oh one forever and ever. And I think I'd cash in on the uh seventy three RS. Okay. That's fair. That's a good answer. I have, I, def- I have people begging me for parts for their nine oh ones. 
Oh, you got some 901 parts, huh? Oh, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> I won't tell anyone. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't care if you do or not, but, uh, you know, yes, I do have. Well, cool, man. Well, let's stay in touch. Okay, Greg, thank you. Have a, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast. <laughs>